Welcome to the Lion's Den with Seth, a podcast where progressive men and women can learn and teach each other the ways of the land. The Lion's Den is where royalty comes to counsel. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Seth. Boom, what's going on, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome to another Lion's Den with Seth. I'm one of your hosts, Seth. Hopefully you're having a great time, a great Sunday, and you're connecting with everyone and everybody. And you're staying safe, all right? You ain't walking around sneezing all over people, right? Covering your face, washing your hands. Hopefully everybody's having a good time and a good day. Make sure that if you haven't done so already, go to StreamYard.com forward slash Facebook to connect in this conversation. You dig what I'm saying? And share this. It only take two seconds to do it. Boom. I'll give you two seconds. But all right, share it. That's all it takes. Let the world know what you're doing and who you're doing it with. Got my man's Larry. What's popping, man? How you feeling? Hey, hey, what's happening, man? How you? Man, slow motion, bro. Slow motion sound. It feels like I'm finally getting a chance to slow down. It seemed like after five weeks of constant moving and flights and, and all this other stuff, man. But everything is good. So, hey, happy birthday to your daughter, man. How old she turned? 11? Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, 11 years old. It's been a crazy oh. weekend. Yeah. A bad football weekend for me, but it's all good, man. I'm ready to have this conversation. Yeah, it's all good, bro. It's all good. Hey, but it's a good baseball weekend, though, right? <laughs> always. You know, Cardinals always. Man, what's the Cardinals like? They got the like Dodgers. 14, 14 and nothing or something like that? What is it, 16? No, no they went 17 and 0. They, they should be winning in the, in the game right now against the Cubs. But, I mean, it don't really matter because they're playing the wild card game on Wednesday against the Dodgers. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. Right on, right on. All right, yo, well, we let's shout out. Dodgers. We got a chance. We got, we a, got chance. a chance. Noise. There you go. There you go. Yo, what's going on, everybody? So make sure you're sharing this, sharing this. And shout out to Will. He out in the background right now holding it down. Big Herm. What's up, bro? What's happening? What y'all up to? Man, slow motion, bro. It's another uh, great day in the Lions Den. You know what I'm saying? What's popping with you, married man? How's man. everything? Everything is good, bro. You know what I mean? It, it feels like I ain't been in here in a minute. Bro, it oh, seemed like it. It, it, just, oh, it seemed like we all over the place, but today's going to be a great, great, great show, yeah. man. It's going to be a super duper show. But what's, what's popping with you, man? Bro, hey, I mean, watching the football games, you know what I'm saying? Same as Larry. You know, my, my, Titans, my Titans lost, you know. But, hey, so I don't have a baseball team here. So I think I'm going to pick the Cardinals for my team. <laughs> I don't like my, that. I'm just telling you right now. I don't like thing, none of that. What you just said. <laughs> yeah, Cardinals it, gonna be. It don't sound authentic. So we we together. We together on that, Larry. You know what? Maybe, maybe y'all should just get with the Detroit. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, oh, check it out, man. Shut up. Hey, check it out, y'all. We got my man Moses in the building. Yeah. Y'all, ladies and gentlemen, this young man here has been getting it in with the Air Force Wounded Warriors. Y'all, he's uh, he, he's a, a dynamic individual. Y'all, he's very he's a heart of gold. You understand, but also in the ring with the MMA, this dude is a beast. Ladies and gentlemen, Mister Moses Espinosa, my man. How's everything? Good, man. Good. Just how you feeling? How you feeling? I'm recovering from a long weekend. Was uh, I was with a bunch of friends, Porter Connor fishing. Man, uh, I think I'm sunburned. I don't know if you can tell, but man, I was in the sun for a day and a half. No cover, no shirt, yeah. just burning. But we you caught the fish. And, uh, yeah, we had a lot of red. We had to throw a lot of stuff back because 
everything's over 28 inches. So we everything we were catching were 37, 38 inches. And the shark were all, wow. man, we had a lot of good uh, shark steaks there because uh, a lot of guys are pulling out shark. Okay. okay. All right, bet. All right, well, look, man, I want to tell the world who you are as an individual. You know what I'm saying? Because I know you do so many different things and they may only see you in those isolated, you know, situations from Wounded Warrior to MMA. Tell them who is Moses. Man, that's a hard, that's a hard question, you know. Um, but I would say, you know, if I had to say who I am, I would say that I'm just a passionate person. I think everyone who knows me thinks that either I speak hard or I'm aggressive. Really, it's just a passion that comes of it. But I'm also a very fair person where it comes to like, I'm not going to judge anybody because of their stance, their belief on a certain topic. Uh, so I'm not, I, I don't, I don't believe in doing that. I believe in we can have a conversation. You can believe what you believe. I believe what I believe. Uh, and then we were friends afterwards. So I want to be cool with everybody. Enjoy time. I enjoy training. Uh, a lot of my friends and family know I'm a, I'm a fitness enthusiast. Even though I don't look like it, I'm 255 pounds, but uh, I love to work out. And the latest thing I'm doing is a triathlon. So uh, oh. because I can't because I can't fight, so I got to figure out something else to do. Otherwise, I get fat. <laughs> <laughs> what you got, her? Hey, so what's going? First off, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure, uh, honor, have you here. Uh, so the beginning, right? You're from San Antonio, Texas. Yes, sir. Okay, okay. So after high school, what 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 was the beginning of your journey? After high school? Yeah. You graduated high school. What did you do next? So at this point, we're on the south side of San Antonio. So if you if you know anything about the Air Force, the Air Force is as a base called Lacan Air Force Base that's just uh west. And so one of the things that I tell all their trainees is do not go to the right on military drive because then you're gonna go into the south side, and that's where I'm from. Uh, so graduated high school, I had a, I had a recruiter, man, the most annoying recruiter you can ever think of just kept bugging me about joining the student military. And, and at the time that was my mindset, which is why I say it like that. I'm like, I'm not joining no military. And I was saying, and regurgitating a lot of stuff that, uh, everybody teaching me. Yeah. And then you don't own yourself, you know, other people tell you what to do. And so I was regurgitating all that garbage. Uh, I, but then, but then I got a job. My mom said, hey, you're going to go to school. Or are you going to go, uh, go to work? Well, I had a scholarship for football at Texas, I mean, um, Stephen Fawson University. I didn't go because I knew we really couldn't afford it. So uh, I got into the workforce. And one day I got out of the bus. I was walking home on a Saturday afternoon. And I was like, man, do I really want to be catching the bus coming home on a Saturday afternoon? And it just so happens when I was thinking that I was right in front of the recruiting station. It's sounds fake. And I was like, no. Let me go see what they're all about. There was one recruiter there, and I said, hey, do y'all know a staff sergeant? Uh, now I'm going to – Perez. Do y'all know staff sergeant Perez? Call him. Like, nah, nah, he's off. Tell him I'm here. I got you, Moses. He showed up, did some paperwork. Monday we finalized it, went off to Marine Corps. Um, that's exactly what happened after the Marine Corps, uh, after high school. Marines. Wow. The Marines yeah. almost got me, man. Say what? Tell you the story about how the Marines almost got me? Hell no. How? How that happen? So in my hometown, all the recruiters, we we they're on a, a, a like a strip mall, mm-hmm. right? So, but they were all next to each other. Army, it was the Army, Air Force, Navy, Marines, and then the Navy, right? Mm-hmm. So the Marine recruiter had a pull-up bar outside of his, like on the sidewalk outside of his building, right? I walked to the Air Force, you know what I'm saying? Minding my business. And the Marine recruiter came out and said, hey, man, come over here for a second. You know, I'm a football player. He said, let me send me a pull-ups you could do. So I bust out about 14 of them, right? Mm-hmm. 
He said, yeah, you need to go ahead to the Air Force. You ain't ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you got me messed up. I joined the Marines right now. Boy, he, he, he read me, read me so well, bro. I, I, had, to, I had to chase him into the office. Man, oh, shit. Man. I swear, man. He, I oh. get out of here. Go ahead. He got me. <laughs> hey, Moses. What, just continuing on with that, that conversation about joining the military. What because you were in Air Force Heaven, like in San Antonio, for those who don't know, that is like the heart of basic training for Air Force. What made you decide to join into the, the Marines? And, and what is the Marine life like compared to some of the other branches that you've heard about in your time since, you know, your military service and Wounded Warrior? Yeah. Well, the, the first, there was two things that made me want to join the military. The first one, my brother, he was in the Army and he was coming home. And I was at, we were still living with my mom, obviously. He was coming home and he walked to the gate. He had his, he had his candies on, just the way his sleeves were rolled and his boots were shined and just the the the, um, the look he had when he was walking. I was like, man, I might want to do that, you know. Um, and so that's what that's what that helped motivate me. Get that was one of them. The other one I told you I was walking home. I was broke uh, from from uh, from from work. And I was like, man, I don't want this anymore. Let me just do something different. And that's that's what so motivated me to get in. Now in the Marine Corps, it's rough, right? So you don't have an opportunity to talk about how your feet hurt or your feet are hurt or, but that's what makes the Marine Corps the Marine Corps. I'm not dogging anybody, but I love No, 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 Yes, you I hear you. You are. See, he was like, well, you know, you can't complain about, you know, you got a waiver. Y'all got sergeants asking people like, hey, um, what do y'all think if we did this? What? No, and the Marine Corps was like, hey, this is what you're doing. You're doing. A, you're gonna get that pile of rocks and move them to over here. What? Oh, okay, I guess I'm moving rocks. You know, you don't. You don't even tell you what. You don't have the opportunity. Yeah, that's so why y'all ask that scores the way it is. I guess you know what I mean. <laughs> that's why they take the people with low ads value. We just want someone to shut up and listen. Yeah, uh, bro. But anyway, but but to think about the the environment, right? It's hard. It's like you're almost scared of the rank. It's a different level of respect to rank than any other branch of service I've ever seen. Um, and I'm not dogging anyone, I'm just saying, I noticed in, in the Marine Corps, the respect for rank is there from E1 to E2, doesn't matter, right? So, um, but I go into the Air Force, now what might be different, and they might be asking you for your opinion and your feelings, I mean, depending on how you want to look at it. You want war fighters, you got the Marine Corps, who's gonna be, uh, who can't wait to get some, they're like, dogs haven't been fed. But you wanted people who are going to make a strategy. People who are going to, hey, y'all, y'all, y'all Air Force people, y'all can present as well. Y'all know how to put on a presentation. God dang it! I'm learning that the hard way. I'm over here <laughs> trying to catch up. That's all y'all do is present. Put a slide man, together. You, <laughs> oh my goodness, man. Hey, but so, all right. So that was a small stint. You did that for what? Five years? How many years? With the Air Force, with the Air Force in the way? No, no, no. Marines. I was in Marine Corps just just over two years. Oh, two years. Okay, cool. So, so after the Marines, you got into the workforce, right? And so you did uh, security forces. Uh, you was a contractor with security forces on Lackland? Yeah. As soon as I got out, I went to a job at a grocery store around here. It's called HEB. I worked at their warehouse for about six or seven months. And then uh, my buddy, who was also a Marine, he was like, hey, I can get you on at Lackland as a contracted gate guard. And so mm -hmm. I did that in 2006. And then we transferred it to a DOD, I think, in 2007. Okay. So how, how was that? How was that transition from being active duty Marines and taking some time off and then coming back as a contractor, but under the, uh, the air force? 
the only experience that I could tell you that was rough for me, that tra a transition was how to speak to people in customer service. Man, you don't talk to each other. You got to think the Marines, it's just, and it was infantry. I didn't do, you know, what we call in the Marine Corps a pogue life. We didn't do that. So it's people always like being mean or talking. It's not even being mean, it's just being direct. Um, and so when I'm at the gate and someone's like stickers expired, and this Air Force guy's like, hey, man, come on, just let me on. What do you mean, come on, just let you on? You're in the military and, you're, and your stuff is not sort of way. Hell no, turn around and go park car in the business and call someone to come pick you up. Like, I'm getting... What makes you think you can ask for a pass while your car's not good to go? You know, I don't know. I thought that was that was hard. And then <laughs> the way I had that conversation was like, no, what are you talking about? Well, that that part right there was where I was wrong because I should have been like, yes, sir, I understand. Yada yada yada. Go ahead and flip a UE instead of talking like that. What? No. It was bad. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you think, Herm? <laughs> I, I, I agree with him in a certain aspect, especially when he talks about the ranks and stuff like that. Uh, I, I feel like the Marine Corps and the Navy are the two that have the most respect for ranks, especially when it's talking about senior NCOs. <laughs> so I'll give you that, but that's the only thing I'm going to give you <laughs> when it comes to uh, <laughs> all that stuff you was talking about. Okay, so um, we got – you was in high school. You went to the Marines, worked HEB. You, you did the gate guard stamp for a little while. And then after that, you transitioned over to uh, Air Force Wounded Warrior, correct? No. So we got furloughed in 2008 when Obama became president. He did some furloughs in good old Air Force. They uh, they do what they do, man. They take care of their own. And anybody yeah. who wasn't in the who wasn't in the Air Force were the first ones to get furloughed, which is understandable. I'm not. It's not really a jab, right? But, you know, a lot of us Marines, Army guys, got let go, and I was like, man, what do I do? So I got. I went back and got on my grind, right? I was literally cutting people's grass washing their cars, getting their vehicles. Like, hey, you know someone who can tint some windows? Well, I'm from the hood. Of course, I know somebody who can do something, right? So, or, or everything. It's like, hey, man, I can get somebody. Let me get a car for you. And that was my wife's uncle. So I'd get in, I'd go take his car, go get a tenant. He'd give me money and he'd pull it on top of me. You know, I'm, I'm talking about I was doing all kinds of crazy jobs. Uh, but then her uncle was also on IT company. Um, it's an IT consulting company. And they said, hey, we don't know if you're going to fit because you got to think, if you think I sound aggressive now, it was 10 times worse in 2008-ish time frame, 2009, or actually it was 2010 by this time. And it just, it was just, I was just different. You know, I, I spoke a lot. I was just a little more rough around the edges. And so they're like, we know it's going to work. We don't know if you're going to like it, but give it a shot. And next you know, you can start making some money. And I'm like, wow, look at this money, you know? And so because of that, I got to the IT and the business side of IT. I, so don't ask me to fix a computer. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. All right, let's let's switch gears here and talk about how you either got into I don't know which one came first, MMA or was it the Wounded Warrior? But whichever one came first after your contracting with the Air Force, what was your next journey in life as far as uh MMA or the uh Wounded Warrior and how you got involved in that? So MMA, right? Because I've always been fighting. A lot of a lot of people from the street will always tell you, like, hey man, Moses is the guy to fight. Now, you want to talk about doing other stuff outside of that? I'm out. But when it came to fighting, especially with my friends, I, I'm a loyal guy. and I was always there to back them up. And so fighting started for me at a young, young age. I got a little more serious in uh, 2007, 2008. I was going through a couple of rough years and worked myself out of that. Um, 
So then I was watching that Ultimate Fighter episode with my wife, and we were just looking at this thing, and this guy was really good, punching pads in the bags really good. I'm like, that guy's going to win it. Just his skills alone are going to have him win it. Uh, and then he went over there, and he quit, right? He got tired and quit. I was like, what the heck? It's because he don't have a dog in him. He don't have that fight. And so for me, I was just like, uh, no, nah, I, I'm gonna have, I have to get involved in this. I already fight in the street, but I, I'm already getting in. Let me go take it to age and let me see how it goes. And so I went to, I looked up a couple of gyms, found the best one that I, I'm still with today. I'm one shirt, Brazilian top team. And I went over there and I said, hey, I, I met a guy at the front desk named Hafan. I was like, hey man, I'm trying to make it to Ultimate Fighter because I saw some dude quit. And he's like, yeah, I said, it might, it might sound, as he said, it might sound stupid. I said, it might sound stupid. He goes, why does it sound stupid? I, said, I don't know. I don't know if you want to believe me or not, but I'm here to, you know, be, be a fighter. And then ever since then, I've been there since 2009-ish, on and off, but I've been there consistently since 2015 with MMA. And I got into the Wounded Warriors in um, November of 2015. Okay. Mm. Dope, dope, dope. All right. Well, look, there it is, man. So, so it just seems like you've been, uh, man, wearing different hats and different gloves. You get what I'm saying? So we're going to take a pause for the cause, but uh, we are going to ask you to talk about this, right? Somebody said, look, your mom is waiting to hear how you got in the boxing. All right. So, yeah. So we, we're, we're about to start uh, exposing some things. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're watching, <laughs> yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're still watching, make sure you stay tuned. Stay tuned. We're going to take a pause for the cause. We got uh, Moses Espinoza on y'all talking about his life fighting in the ring of life. All right. We'll be right, right back. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Seth with the Lion's Den. Are you or someone you know looking for a tool to help them be more accountable? Check out the Black Collar Mindset, the art of strategic thinking. It's a manual to help maneuver through life strategically by holding yourself accountable every step of the way. Go to theblackcollarmindset.com to grab your copy today. Again, the website is theblackcollarmindset.com. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. Let's get it together. One thing we can cherish during these times is family dinners. Think about it. The nice succulent southern fried chicken, baked beans cooked to perfection, creamy macaroni and cheese, cornbread. You get the point. Come check out Kevlar's Grill, where all the meals are cooked with perfection, professionalism, and love. Located outside the Scott Air Force Base back gate inside the VFW is where you can find them. Also, they have military discount for all of our serving members. Give them a call. Their number is 618-416-5700. And that's inside Scott VFW post 4183. And they also have Grubhub. Call them now and tell them that the Lions Den sent you. Yo, yo, welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. We got our mans in here. Moses in the building. All right. Oh, yo, yo. All right, y'all. So, look, right before the break, we was going to get into, you know, how you actually got in the boxing. So, what's up with that, man? So, apparently, your mom is waiting to hear this. So, what's up? Tell us how you man, got in. I was going to send him a text. I don't know what they're talking about. I, I mean, I have a couple that they might be talking about. I remember... Like my uncle's always, you know, challenging me because, um, 
you know, I would watch Oscar De La Hoya fight, and I'm like, oh, I want to fight, I want to fight. And they're like, you can't fight. You, you, you can't, you can't stay in the ring with, you can't do one minute with the gloves on. And they were always challenging me. And then I also know my other uncle who made me fight a friend of mine. I mean, this happened all the time, but in, in our front yard, you know, and then I, I actually made his lip bleed. And I was, but I didn't know what I was doing. I was actually thinking about it today. I, mean, I don't know how I made his lip bleed. It was so bad. <laughs> like my form was horrible. I didn't know what a jab was. So, um, and he was, he was kind of a tough guy too. So a lot of respect to him, but um, I don't know what they're talking about, how I got in the box. She, she might want to put it there. I don't know. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? Normally that's how it happens. You know what I'm talking about? So mom dudes know what was popping. But no yeah, you know, she know. What'd you got, her? Hey, so so you, you got an MMA because you saw somebody quit and you like bump that. I'm become an MMA fighter. So during your journey as an MMA fighter, I'm sure you learned some things about yourself. Can you talk to our audience about what you learned, you know what I'm saying, during your journey about yourself? about the MMA fighter, do you have a different perspective of the guy that quit? No different perspective of the guy who quit. That's not that's not in me. That's in my blood to be like that. I'd rather die on my shield. And when I say that, I'm not a diehard fighter who's like, I'm going to go die in the cage. It means that much to me. I'm not that guy. It's a hobby for me. I love fighting, uh, but I'm not going to quit. Like, you know, my last fight, I, I could have pulled out. You can't see this, the, the scar, but because I'm all tan now, but I just had, I hurt my hand right before my fight and i'm like man i can't pull i got 50 something people who bought tickets bought rooms three three hour drive now am i gonna quit like that guy who was hitting pads or am i gonna go there and die on the which means lose the fight right now i'd rather go take a chance of losing a fight than, than pull out and say i'm sorry you wasted a couple hundred dollars no i'm not gonna do that so one of the things i learned it's actually a big deal for me because i've always you know from the south side i'm known to you know i'll fight and I don't, and I don't really care. And you better show respect. And the Hispanic community respects everything, right? So, uh, and then my mom's girlfriend, she would always, she was the roughest. Like she was always like, you can let him look at you like that. You can let him punk you. And, I, and you know, so I, you know, that's a whole other topic. But you know, I feel like I'm a bit, I'm a bit hyper masculine because I was raised by two women. It's a fun fact there. My mom's a lesbian, you know. And so, um, and I don't get as a jab. I know my family's watching. This is all coming from a place of pride of where I came from, what built me to, to who I am today. But uh, anyway, yeah, so I was always always able to fight. But when I got to the gym, uh, you know, I'm six foot, 255. Uh, and even when I wasn't 255, I was walking around 225, 230, uh, always some muscular. And I had uh, I had the grit. I don't want to use the other words, but I had the grit to say, what? what? I don't care if there's four or five of you. Let's, let's go, right? But when I got to the gym, man, there's little bitty guys. In jiu-jitsu, and I was jiu-jitsu, stupid. I'm not doing that. Keep I'm your ass, hit me. Keep your so, ass. Man, <laughs> it'll make you. They'll <laughs> tell you real quick, man. I'm like, you're 150 pounds. You're, you ain't going to do nothing to me. I'm too strong. I'm too crazy. Mm -hmm. You don't have it. And I might have them for like a minute. So I thought, and after that minute, and, you're, and your hands are gone, your arms are tight, you're breathing mm -hmm. all crazy. They're like, oh, can I look? Check this out. Uh, choke. What? Right. You know, what the heck just happened? So <laughs> I learned that you can't judge a book by their cover, which I already knew that. Like, I'm not going to I'm not gonna judge anybody by what they look like or what they say. Um, but when it comes to fighting, what I've learned in my MMA uh, experience, I can't say, oh, you're a soft, skinny guy, so I'm going to run through you. Even though that probably might be the case with the training that I have now, but you don't know how to train that guy has. He might be a black belt in something, and I'm mm -hmm. not trying to find out. So today, 
If you would have talked to me, you know, seven to 10 years ago, I'd be the first one to say, oh, no, you're the toughest guy in here. And I'll try to walk away at least once, at least once. Uh, but, you know, five, six years ago, I'm like, what did you say? Boom, you know, and then we would fight. So I've yeah. learned to really calm down, channel my aggression, if you want to call it that, and really uh, just respect people where they are. Like, hey, just leave me alone. I don't want no part of anything. I'm here to, you know, have dinner or whatever, you know? Yeah. So, man, you know what? Hey, hold on. Hey, yo, the UFC, you know what the UFC taught me, man, about the don't judge your book by its cover? Because mm. you wouldn't have been able to tell me I couldn't whoop Anderson Silva's ass if I just saw him on the street. <laughs> I would have thought I'm whooping him off top. And I would have been in the hospital somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, I looked at that dude like the spider. Okay, I got you. I'm looking at that. The UFC taught me you don't know what these cats know, man. Yeah, you Around don't know. Somewhere, chicken wing. <laughs> these boys, man. Hey, but you know what, though? For what that made me think of, right? Herm is a, a complete nutcase. But, but no, seriously, it's a difference, ladies and gentlemen, within having a competitor and an opponent you see what i'm saying those are two different things two 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 different things so with that being said i believe it's important for us to have a to compete with ourselves right to be the better version of ourselves but our opponent is an individual that's in the same lane as you but can help you become better you get what I'm saying? So it's two different things. If you're competing against somebody that's not even in the same lane as you, it's a problem with that. That's something to evaluate. Quick game. What you got, Larry? You yeah, I want to go back <laughs> to the MMA because one of the things that I want to think, one of the things that you talked about was you was judging a book by its cover, which, which can happen in MMA. You, you see somebody that's smaller than you and you're like, oh, I can take this guy. But one of the things that seemed like you learned was that the mental the mental uh, mindset was it helped you humble you in, in life as far as life journey. And, and, and that is not judging a book by its cover, but also uh, exercising your mental mindset to, to kind of like humble yourself, channel your aggression, and be more um, uh, cognizant of, of, of your surroundings to not just make you know take your size and your mental and your craziness and where you from and think that that's what the standard is as far as your progression in life you want you want to touch on that a little bit more as, as far as how the mma really humbled you and, and helped you get to the direction that you are at whatever point you are in life right now especially that, how that's it an ties interesting to the wounded warriors yeah now that's an interesting observation man because that was the exact same time frame where i was at work at my uncle's company it was my wife's uncle's company, and I was like arguing with this guy and arguing with that guy. And I'm not talking about it was crazy, but just arguments and arguments and arguments. And I was like, Joe, you see how wrong this story sounds? It is his fault. He's like, yes, but you're the common denominator. Why are you always having these issues? And it was during that same time frame where I was learning about like, man, this little 160-pound stupid guy is handling me, and I don't like it, you know, but you have to take a step back evaluate the situation. What is he good at? You know, now it takes some fighting, right? What is he good at? What does he always do? You know, is his cardio good? Or maybe he's not as strong. Maybe if I get top control, what can I do to get the upper hand? Well, that I really did. And it's funny because in the, in the Marine Corps, or actually at, at Lackland, when he went through all those classes to be a police officer, they're talking about uh, verbal and mental judo, you know, and it's just like same thing, right? I'm like, man, how can I beat this guy? MMA is a human chess match. 
Well, in life, is, it's the same exact thing because if you would talk to my family today and ask them what I would have been 10 years ago, if someone would have said something funny to me like or, or disrespectful, probably aggressive, probably all sort of stupid stuff today, I'd be like, all right, like, all right, like, again, I'm going to walk away. I'm going to try to walk away once today. Uh, now, what happens after that depends what you say, but uh, I'm definitely going to do my best to walk away. But that, that journey helped me as a professional. And then the Air Force Wounded Warrior Program, man, I can't. You know, it's a love-hate relationship because I love my job. I love what I do. I love serving. But, man, they're changing me as a person from the inside, and I can't stand it. You know, you're like, Moses, what are you talking about? How Are you, are you going to say something bad about work on the, the podcast they're probably watching? No. But these people are teaching, like, compassion. And I hate it because I'm not oh, a small man. Hey, you're getting kind of soft, ain't you? Empathy. Yes. Yeah, I can tell by the way you smile, you got some compassion in you, dog. Yeah, <laughs> yo, you don't like that. See, no, but no, real talk though, man. Um, I, I just want to touch on that real quick. When I first went to my first uh, uh, Wounded Warriors event and where I met you, Moses, we were in was that in Tampa? No, it wasn't Tampa, it was uh, by McDill. It was, uh, it was um, Tendo Eglin. Eglin. Yeah. Eglin. Yeah. So went there and, you know, didn't know what to expect. However, after, let's say, a, a two to three different stories of the warriors and where they came from and, you know, what they had to overcome, which your mind is just blown. Right. And then the way that they take care of each other, it, it's a whole different level of camaraderie that the Air Force doesn't, in my opinion, show. Now, there's other armed forces that have better camaraderie than us, i.e. the Army, maybe the Marines. But at that particular point, this was so foreign to me. And I'm like, wow, this is another level of actually caring. What do you think about that, Moses? Nah, I agree. You go look and look. I can go get two recon Marines right now who've done a lot of stuff, and they're going to have each other's back. But how are they going to do it? And I'm not bashing them if they're watching. I'm not bashing but. The grunts are going to get together and they're probably going to have a drink of beer. They're going to talk about stuff and just talk about stories that happen, making sure we're safe. We're going to do that buddy check, as you know, you know, as everyone calls it. And the Air Force is just different. They do it right. They lead from the front. Again, I'm a hardcore Marine Corps. Like, that's the only way to do things, right? However, when it comes to the wounded warrior and fixing people who have issues and mental issues, because people, everyone believes that, you know, disabilities is physical. You have to be able to see it. Then they're talking about invisible wounds. I tell you, I almost left after a year. You know, after a year there, I, I see these people, my co my coworkers, and mm -hmm. I don't say anybody by name because I'm not bashing anybody. But it, this really is a growth moment for me. That first year, I was like, this program is crazy. You're fake. You don't really mean what you. You're not. You don't really care to carry someone carry somebody's stuff. I'm like, stop it. You're fake. In my mind, I'm thinking that because I'm like, I would never do something like that. Like, no. I'm here to put these events on. I'm here to help out in the employment boot camp because I have all these experiences with resumes and stuff. And I'm like, this is fake. And then you see people crying. Everyone's crying. I was like, uh, maybe I should go to my room now because everyone's sure this is like therapy session almost. And I don't really care about what they have to say. I just want to leave, you know, and I don't want to have to hear it, you know, because I'm just, I wasn't built like that. I wasn't raised like that. I come off hard. Now, let's stop. So after a year, I had to go educate myself. The problem I was having, I was, I was, you hear stories of people's PTSD stories and you judge them. And you're like, what? Like, what? You heard a bomb in the background and you're, and now you're all shook up. And 
you have eight, you know, PTAs get 100%. I'm making all this up. I'm not talking about anybody. Uh, but stuff like that was bothering me because I got people who got blown up. I have people who got killed, you know, who are still fighting for their, their, their benefits with the VA. And you got Air Force people here. Again, this is my chat. This is my challenge six, six and a half years ago, whatever it was. You know, and I was like, man, this is, no, no, this ain't right. My Marines doing this, you know, my guys from, from Fulcon, they're not getting this kind of treatment. What the heck? I wanted to leave, but then, um, you know, things are getting better. And I said, I had to learn about PTSD, so I read up on it. I knew what PTSD was, you know, what we call shell shock, right? That's all, that's all I knew what it was called uh, before I knew what PTSD was. And I was like, oh, okay, what that, what is that? Because what does that mean? And I literally thought about this. I was like, okay, someone, because I was raised in the street, someone can come over here and shoot everybody up. Us yeah. four are standing, are standing in the store. Let's just, let's just I'm going to make this off the top of my head. I'm going to scream at a little girl. You know, Seth, you're going to do the action. You know, I don't know what y'all are. Everyone's going to do something different. Everyone, you don't know what you're going to do until you do it, until mm -hmm. that situation happens. And then they're going to come to all of us, the police afterwards, and say, hey, Moses, what did you see? Oh, I saw I saw a Hispanic dude with a white hoodie. Seth, what did you see? Oh, I saw, man, I saw an Asian guy with, you know, who came from back, not the front. And he's carrying a pistol, not a, not a, not a you know, everyone's, I mean, whatever happens, it messes with your psyche differently. So then I had to learn, I was like, well, what happened to me? Anything happened to me, I don't care how small it is, that created PTSD. Because people are gonna think PTSD is for war, right? And so I'm like, well, what changed in my life? Motorcycle accident, I have a big scar here in my arm, you really can't see it, but I had a really bad motorcycle accident and it was made even worse because I didn't know I was allergic to morphine, deadly allergic to morphine, and so I made all my symptoms worse. Uh, and I thought I was gonna die. Well, now I don't ride motorcycles at all, but it, I, I can. But when I do, I'm not popping a wheelie at 100 miles an hour. I'm not taking corners at 120, 130 miles an hour. I'm not doing that anymore because I'm scared. And what is that right there? What? Yeah, I didn't go to war for that, P that little bit of PTSD. I didn't go to war for that, but I did earn it getting through that asphalt. And so who am I to judge you on your journey? Because you heard, you know, like going back to when I was making fun of him, you heard bombs in the background. Yeah, well, that affected him. So I had to deal with it. And, and then I became a federal employee and then uh, things just changed and got better for it. And I went contractor to a federal. And uh, man, it's changed me. Going back to the original topic and point was, man, the, the, the way people take care of each other, the way it's done, you're like, you know, and that's why I make it a joke. Like you Air Force Wounded Warrior Program, you're like, change me, I hate it. Cause you're making me care, you know, it's, it's funny. Yeah, that's dope, that's dope. What you got, huh? I, I like to go back to what you was talking about, like judging folks, because I ain't gonna lie to you. You know what I'm saying? Before I really sat down and thought about it, I was the same way. I was like, well, you ain't really, you ain't been nowhere. You ain't did anything. How you got PTSD from sitting here, you know what I'm saying? What, yo, your internet went off? Like, what happened? <laughs> so it took me a minute, man. It took me a minute. And, and I'm hoping that people listening understand the importance of that, man. As we evolve and peep as people, we got to evolve in thought. And understand that you know, just because it doesn't affect you and you can handle it, or or you know what I'm saying that's not your trigger. You know what I'm saying it doesn't mean that it's not going to affect somebody else a different way and cause PTSD or symptoms as such. So man, I give you much props for recognizing that man because a lot of people still to this day uh, look down on that, and that's why when they talk about you know what I'm saying like people who commit suicide or whatnot. They must be weak or whatever, not really knowing what they really went through before they reached that breaking point. 
So it's like, man, more of that message needs to get out there. It's like, no, I'm not looking at you with judgment eyes. I don't think that you're weak because you're considering suicide. I think you're strong if you're out there to go get some help. You know what I mean? Go get help for what you're feeling. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so going back to you, uh, yeah, much respect for you for recognizing that, you know, coming from a hard background and, you know, where you've come from and whatnot, your journey, man, a lot of times we get hardened to that type stuff and think, man, oh, man, think about how I grew up, man. You a punk. Mm -hmm. You probably grew up privileged with a silver spoon in your mouth. You know what I mean? And, and this is what broke you. You know what I mean? I get that. Uh, so you're Air Force Wounded Warrior now, right? You, 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 you're doing that. How how's the Air Force Wounded Warrior changed you outside of uh, growing compassionate? You know what I mean? Like, what do you think about the mission? And um, do you carry that with you on the outside of your life? Yeah, you know, um, I've always, I think I've always had uh, something, I know I've always had something that I wanted to serve and give back because, you know, I told you where I came from uh, before the show, I was raised in the east side a little bit, uh, growing up, and again, if you don't know the demographics of San Antonio, that's not just the black side of town, that's back in the 90s, that was the poor black side of town, then we moved up to the south side, which again, all the stories are about south side being the worst uh, side of town, you know, and so when I went to get my degree, so I have a degree, I have a bachelor's degree, um, and I and and like most people, they probably don't say this out loud, but I don't. I'll be the one to say it. You go back to you go back to get your school when you get out of the military for that paycheck, that monthly paycheck. Uh, and I really needed it at the time, um, and so I was going to get that that stupid paycheck. But then I started to learn, like, and, and then they they had they had to ask those hard questions. Well, what do you want to do? Well, and I'm like, I don't know. I just want that monthly check. And so they're like, well, what are you good? At? Well, I've always been good with history. So I started going down that rabbit hole and they started telling me opportunities. And just with a 20 minute conversation, this is how I knew it was already in me to want to give back. I was like, uh, yeah, you know, I wouldn't mind being a teacher. I go to school, get my history degree. I'd be a history teacher. But then I want to eventually become a principal. And I'm going to go to the principal at the hardest school in San Antonio because I guarantee those little punks that were me when I was a kid who, you know, parents were going through unfortunate situations with drug use and, and you know, the whole family, not just parents, but the whole family, the whole environment, forget the family, the whole neighborhood was going through drugs, right? And going through all that stuff. So for me, it, it takes one person. You can hear, hey, Moses, get back up. It doesn't matter how hard you get knocked down, just get back up. You can hear a million times until that one person says it. And for whatever reason, when that one person says it the exact same way, you're gonna be like, oh man, I never thought about that, you know? And so for me, I was like, man, I can always go, I can go become a history teacher at a high school. I wanted to get in high school because I'm not dealing with the uh, people trying to, kids trying to find themselves in the seventh and, and seventh grade and stuff like that. I need you to kind of already be past that point, but I wanted to get them and find them and like, hey, and, and then create a program and say, hey, I, this is what I want to do. Uh, I want to create a program to say, get you out. You know, I had a coach that picked me up, you know, all the time, taking to the gym. He saved me from a fight. I was about to get into a fist fight. He pulled me. He goes, man, you're too busy trying to be a thug. You're an athlete and you don't even know it. And I was just like, what? And yeah, his name was Coach Thrist. He goes, man, come run the mile for me. I ran the mile and lapped everybody. Came in first place, ran a 5-12 on my mile, eighth grade. That's what the, that was actually the first change point. Because then when I became a freshman, I became a, a, a jock, right? And then, I, then that path went. Going back to my service attitude and stuff like that, I think I've always had and always wanted to get back. And so... The Air Force Wounded Warrior Program, while, you know, I make these jokes about stupid program, 
I mean that in a good way because they do lead the way on how you should serve and, and serve without nothing and and um, give nothing back, right? And so I think most people serve like that. They don't want to get something back, but just the way they do it and then adding all these feelings and compassion and putting all that stuff in it. Again, I don't like it. I don't like to talk about it. You know, we have to go through trainings as well. And I try my best to avoid it because I want to hear your sob story. I don't want you to hear mine because I don't want you to feel sorry for me to be like, oh, poor Moses. No, don't feel sorry for me. I made some decisions. Look at me now, you know? And so I think I think it kind of works hand in hand. But I've always had it. I think they're kind of focusing it. And I kind of, and I like veterans. I don't care if you're Air Force or not. That this is a good spot, a spot for me to be. I don't see myself going anywhere because of the way they handle and conduct their business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that's dope. That's real dope. What you got, Larry? So, so carrying on with what you just said, with the influence, your life, trials, tribulations, all that you've been through, what is your influence going back to the community? Because I'm assuming you're involved in your community in some way, some shape, some form. So when you go back and you go through, um, I'm just going to guess, 40-something years of, of life experience, what are you telling the youth or the people that look like you or think like you, you know, 20 years ago? So I'm not in an active program or nothing. I did always tell my wife, I want to do that big brother, big sister, and some program they have. In, but at the time, I don't have it. I'm working all day. I'm training all evening. And then I got to try to squeeze family, which I know it sounds backwards, but then I got some family time I got to do in the evening. So I don't really have time. But every time that I'll, I'll get that that little funny story, we could go to church every year. We had this one kid, really bad kid, wouldn't listen to anybody, just yelling and screaming and crying, just the worst kid you could imagine. Like, bring Moses over here. And I was like, it's not my kid. I'm not going to spank him. Like, what the heck? <laughs> you know, I'm not going to discipline this child. And then, uh, uh, but they brought me over there anyway. And for some reason, just by the way I spoke, he listened and, had his, and he was a good kid. And he was by my hip the rest of the way. And so, you know, I have a couple of people like that. But I think more than anything, this social media, well, I'm not a huge, well, I guess I'm on it now. I don't like the way we use it in our society, in our everyday life, but we do. Um, you know, it's it, the craziest thing. Here's here's my my eye opening thing, is you can ask the majority of people when I was growing up, even all the family that I have uh, uh, watching right now, they'll say the same exact. Thing. Everyone expected the worst of me. I, I don't care. They knew I was gonna get in trouble and do something bad. My dad told me I was the next one to go to prison. Like I, that's a fact. Wait, they said wait, 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 wait a minute. So you're telling me everybody just set you. So your bar was set like right here from the beginning. Is that I'm what it is? My dad told me you're the next person to go to prison. Both my mom and dad are both ex-convicts. Again, no mom, mm. mom, dad, if you watch, you know, disrespect, but you know, they're facts and I'm coming from a, from a, you know, a sense of pride because, you know, going to get my degree, going to my degree quick, you know, I almost flunked out because I was going for a paycheck. I wasn't going to actually get my degree. I wanted that paycheck. Man, I had to write a letter when I got to university. It's a program called two plus two, two years in community college, two years in university, right? I get to the university. I'm thinking I'm just going to keep doing what I was doing at the, at the community college. Rude awakening. I started to flunk some classes. And then I had a letter. And so uh, I had to write a letter to, a, to, what, to the, um, the chairman of the history department. And my letter, because then I had to really focus like, man, do I want this or do I not? Well, I made a hot decision point. Moses, do you want better or do you not? Let's get this degree. But why did I want to get better? And that was what was in my, in my letter. And I want my kids to know, you know, hey, I might have come from the gutter of the gutter with the circumstances of everything being negative around me. Call it what you want. That's exactly what it was. Everything was negative. We had fun as kids, 
But when you grow up and look back, you're like, damn, we, right. we did that? Dang, like my, you know, this happened? Wow, you know? And that's when it affects you. It doesn't affect your kid, you know? Mm -hmm. So I want my kids to know, like, man, man, my dad came from way down here, you know? And now look at him, man. And now he has a bachelor's degree. And I'm looking at going to get my master's. I don't know yet, but I am where I am today. In this, and I'm not going to say it's a nice, uh, it is a nice house, right? I have a nice house, a nice property. Uh, my whole system and structure set up with, with my, with my in-laws is perfect. I mean, perfect to me, you know, but I want my kids to see that. But also, so now going back to the other point, I went to the MMA. When I posted, I had a fight in Texas because all my fights have been outside of Texas. I had 55, 56 people show up to a three hour, to a three hour drive mm -hmm. fight. I had a lot of them get rooms and I'm not bragging about me, man. I'm talking about like the loyalty. And, and I think people see the growth going back to what I was saying. I know people even in high school were like, go Moses, man. That guy's all he likes to do is party and drink and fight. You know, that, 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 that little, that guy right there, you know, and I know they were thinking that. And I, cause I get people to, I just got off the phone. I literally just got off the phone an hour ago with my dad's ex-wife and she says, I thought you were going to be the F up of the family. Look at you proving me wrong. She oh, words right, verbatim. Right. Verbatim. Are you serious? <laughs> an hour ago, Seth, an hour ago, tell my wife, she's on here watching, tell her to tell her to put the post and I guarantee she said that because my little, brother, my little brother's going through some stuff right now and, and that's why she said I'm trying to plug in my panel quick. Sorry. Goodness well, go gracious. Ahead. Yeah, what, what you got, Herm? Hey, hey, so you talked about uh, hey, cause look, hold on, Moses. Hey, Herm, Herm the same way. Cause look, Herm, hey, I already knew Herm was going to jail. He was going to jail right after, right after Air Force. I've been throwing that before, but hey, uh, we, we, when Larry talked about giving back the community, I know you, you mentioned uh, Big Brother. Don't don't do it if you don't have no compassion, man. Because I'm gonna tell you something, man. I did it for one day when uh, when I was in Tampa. I did it for one day, and I had a day problem. And we play. I was playing basketball. My little brother on a nine and a half foot rim, right? Okay. And I wasn't realizing I was beating him. I didn't realize what I was doing. I'm like, oh, maybe I should throttle back and let him, you know, score a little bit. Then I noticed he was crying. Then I started dunking him. I like that. This ain't for me, man. I ain't gonna be able to do this. And I was dunking all over. I thought I thought I was about to break the backboard on that little boy when I saw him start crying. I was like, well, I just taught him a lesson, man. You can't cry to get nothing in this world. Hell, so I'm like, yo, big brother is not for me. Moses, don't do that, man. Find something else if the compassion ain't right. Man. <laughs> traumatize a little kid. Hey. But in these comments, man, I keep seeing people I, I feel like is either your family or like relatives, like uh, family, friends or something like that. So I just want you to talk a little bit about your family and how they helped you get here, man, because uh, I know for like a lot of cultures, especially Hispanic culture, family is everything. You know what I mean? Y'all pretty yeah. like from what I see out here is pretty tight-knit, man. Family do everything together. They run businesses together here. Everything when it comes to uh, Hispanic culture. So I just want you to talk about a little bit about your family and how it brought you up to where you are now. So I feel like there's two different types. I, I agree with that, right? The Hispanic community is, like I said, a tight thing that comes to the family. But there's two different types of that, right? You got that loving, you have those Hispanics that the men are kissing each other on the cheeks and you're like, what? you know, I come a tough love side of stuff, you know, where it's like, get up, boy, dust your knees off. I told you not to play on the monkey bars. You know, there's two different sides of that, but we're still a tight family, man. And for us, you're like, well, how do we show that? How do we show our affection to my brothers? I don't talk to my brothers every day. Um, I don't I don't go hang out with them on the weekends. 
But if my brother called me right now and said, Moses, I'm at the store. Did you are about to get me? Come help me. I'd be right there. And I know if I called my brothers, they would come. And bigger than that, when I say Hispanic families are big, a lot of times our cousins are not even our real cousins. You know what I mean? Because just like, you know, the one who just posted right now, he's like my cousin. He's not my blood, but you would never know that because he was raised right across the street. And that's not, that's my cousin. And then that's my cousin, you know, and we're all family. And if I called any one of these guys that are out here, him or, and I bring a big following because if people know where I came from, and then, and then, and then I got even people who, how can I say this, you know, people who were important in the neighborhood. And I said, Hey man, let me get in. Let, let me, let me, let me get involved. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And never let me, you know what I mean? He took care of me. That, that, that right there was like my brother, you know, I wouldn't say his name. I don't even want to put nobody out there, but you know, there's guys out there while well, everyone thinks they're hood and they're, you know, they're killers. Hey, these killers are just tight knit families, everybody else. And that's why our community is super tight. And then, uh, so for us with loyalty, like and I had 50 something people show up to a three hour drive, man, I, man, I was blown away. Ask anybody who, you know, I have a small circle. I let the emotions out. I'm not saying that I cry, but when I speak on sensitive stuff, I'm like, man. Yeah, man. you do. Yeah, you Fit, do. No, no. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and look, and, and what you ain't gonna do is blame it on the wounded warriors. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's always been at you, man. Right, right. I, hey, listen, look, I've seen this dude blow on some pizza. Like, <laughs> man, let me get you. <laughs> was it hot or was it Domino's? No, it was hot pizza. pizza. It wasn't hot. Man, that it pizza was hot. Was Domino's and Anthony's pizza, you got to blow on them it things. Was, hey, he and I heard we him. St. Louis. <laughs> no, he didn't hear. We were in St. Louis and the pizza was hot. And I was like, I'm, I'm not going to put blisters on the top of my mouth. And the next thing I know, he's like, hey, Moses. I'm like, yeah, I thought he said something serious. No. Are you really sitting there, big old man, blowing on that pizza? <laughs> Go over there. What are you talking about? He was blowing it long. To like, <laughs> whole thing. Hey, but listen, man, I do appreciate this, though. Hey, Larry, what you got, man, for your final word, bro? Hey, Moses, I appreciate you coming on. Your mom's confirmed that you're 36 years young. So the final question I got for you, if you can talk to the 16-year-old Moses, what would you say? Oh, man. The 16-year-old Moses. Channel that aggression. Okay, here's one. Again, this is all off the top, right? Because we're kind of just letting this fly. Um, there's this There's this meme that came out. And I don't know if it, I don't know. If, I think it was Marines. And the guy was yelling, he's like, be a monster. People say being a monster is wrong. No, no, no. Be a monster. Be aggressive. Be almost cocky. And then tame it. But first, be the monster, right? Man, that video always stuck with me, and I only saw it a couple of uh, a couple of years ago. And I would tell the sixteen-year-old me when I thought I was a monster, when I thought I was a monster in the streets, when I when I thought I was a monster in you know in the places that probably shouldn't have been, and sitting here fighting with people or trying to fight the people. Man, be a monster, but tame it and put that energy into something better. Me today, I'm telling you, the biggest breakthrough I had was my first fight in Texas. The, the social media thing was blowing up, you know, a, a stupid, I'm not even say stupid, but uh, some some nobody kid from the South Side had a fall. Everybody, you should see the messages. Go get them. And then another guy was some party bus. Let's go show them how South Side represents. And I'm, I'm leading by example because I don't talk nothing the way I used to talk like when I was in high school. Not even close. Not even close. You know what I mean? And so for me telling myself, continue with the don't give up, continue to, you know, 
eat everything, be, be the boss. Like I really believe wherever I go, I'm in charge. I am boss, I believe it, but you gotta tame it and you can't just show it. You don't want you, if you can, and my boss says this now, she was, if you have to act like your boss and you're really not the boss. If you mm. feel like you have to show it like some, someone, you're really not the boss. That person who's making you do that is the boss. Like, yeah, that's pretty good, you know? So now I'm just me, but you know, my people around me know, I'm not saying they know I'm the boss, but you know, I'm a real alpha male kind of guy who has tamed my master and I will continue to do so through MMA. You know, and like uplift my community in the South Side and show it because they know who I used to be. You know, when I was in middle school, middle school, bad years. I mean, real quick, I had a teacher in the head with a stapler, went to alternative school. I mean, that was really bad. We didn't even get to all that stuff, but my background is pretty bad. And and, and of course, I wanted to be a funny guy. So that made it worse uh, to wait, who I am. Wait, 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 wait. How are you going to be a funny bully? At the same yeah, time, hey, you, <laughs> I didn't realize I was a bully until afterwards. Here, check this out, man. We can do this freaking for hours. I had I didn't realize I was a bully till a couple of years ago. I was, or not even a couple. I mean, I'd say four or five years ago. I was just having fun and having a good time. Little did I know, everyone let me do what I wanted to do and say what I want to say because they were scared of me. And not everybody, not everybody was scared of me. I wasn't the biggest fish in the pond, but. I'm just saying in general, because I'm aggressive, I'm loud, I'm athletic, so people kind of let me do whatever I want to do. Later in life, you know, I apologize. I actually apologize. I'm not even lying. A couple of people like, hey, man, I never meant to, my bad. Did you think I was a bull? Man, I, I was just kidding. Like most, man, we're good, we're grown. Man, thank you. Don't bet against me because I'm not that guy I was 15, 20 years ago. Well, no, 20 years ago. And so, um, yeah, wow. funny bully. I didn't know I was a funny bully, but that's what it was. I was joking, and I find out 10 years later, I, you know, I was hurting people's feelings. <laughs> you were walk, walk, walking around there giving people PTSD. Go ahead, Herb. What you got, man, for your final word? Hey, Moses, first first and foremost, I want to, again, thank you for coming, for agreeing to come on the show. And I want to thank all your family members and friends for uh, tuning in as well. Um, you don't know this, but, man, it's good to have another fighter on the show, man. You know what I mean? Jesus. It's like, because I can relate to what you're talking about. You know what I mean? These two dudes don't know nothing about that life. <laughs> I'm no, still trying to fight Mike Tyson. No, he ain't seven my challenge, but anyway, you know what I mean. Jesus so I, I get you, though. I'm here with you. You know what I mean. Let you know I'm here with you. They don't know what you're saying, but I got you, man. Thank you for coming on the show, man. Hopefully, we see you somewhere else down the line soon. Yeah, you next. I don't even know why I did. <laughs> I don't even know why I let him. We verbal fighters, We physical fighters. We verbal fighters, man. We verbal. <laughs> Verbal uh, judo, man. Verbal judo. Hey, hey, with Toastmasters, right? <laughs> but look, anyway, man, Moses, man, thanks for joining us, dog. Yo, thank you, thank you, man. Thank you, man. I do appreciate it. Do appreciate you being in in the Lions Den, man, and taking your time out to getting in there. What is is there anything that you would like to say to your audience, your friends, or your family? Man, I, I, you know, as we thought about this, this this podcast, I know the biggest thing I want to say the most, I didn't say it, but I'm going to just say it. I'm going to leave it with this because uh, choices, man, this is what I wanted to talk about with choices. Man, make the choice. Make the choice to do the right thing. Make the choice to be the better person. Make that choice. It just takes one one time for you to make a choice to do it the wrong way. And then you end up, and then whatever that choice was, if it had to do with drugs, or had to do with whatever, I didn't want to go into topics, right? that could set the pace for the rest of your life, right? And so I had the right people, even the thugs and gangsters in my life, they helped me make my choices, but yet they saved me and those choices put me here today because if I got caught up in the stuff I wanted to do, 
I wouldn't have the opportunity to do what I'm doing and continue going forward because of a choice. And I don't care how rough you think it is, you have the choice. And I think you had a saying, I think you should repeat that saying, Seth, but you have a choice at all times. Oh, yeah. Slow. Yeah, yeah. So basically what it was, was you wake up every day with a chance and a choice. Right? A chance and a choice. Absolutely, man. No, no, you're absolutely right with that, bro. You're right. You're right. And and I thank you for making the right choice and continuing on to making the right choices. Individuals see that you dig. And, and man, congratulations to you and everything that you're doing, bro. Oh, that's super dope. Super dope. Well, look, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to conclude the Lion's Den with Seth. Hopefully you enjoyed this show. Make sure you share this, share this, share this, and you subscribe and see us on Amazon and uh, what? No, yeah, Amazon Fire and on Roku, right? To catch on everything that we've been doing and the other content creators. All right. So without further ado, y'all hold it down and y'all keep it easy. And we'll see y'all next week. Right on. Right on. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Make sure to listen to the show on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, and Radio Public, where you can subscribe or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you like or dislike this episode, we'd appreciate your feedback on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Lionscast. Check out the book, The Black Collar Mindset, the Art of Strategic Thinking on Amazon or www.theblackcollarmindset.com A manual to maneuver through life strategically by holding yourself accountable. Tune in next week for another episode of The Lion's Den with Seth.